0: Blue wire.
1: Think about Lawrence, fires for the end zone, touchdown!
0: Alabama wins! Elliott dodges the eye of this national championship win.
1: A deep throw by Lawrence,
0: a lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's done!
1: Welcome into episode 160 of Press Pass. Yes, we are back, Kayla Anderson, alongside my co-host, Joshua Perry, after a couple weeks off. Uh, we both have been busy. I had to take some vacation time just to actually do something that did not involve sports for once in my life. What it did involve is a lot of sunshine. And I, you know, I'm just going to say it. I had quite a few cocktails, Joshua. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, Quite and that's few. the way to do it. When you're <laughs> when you're on your own time and, uh, you know, there's nobody breathing down your neck telling you where to be or what you have to do, that's probably the responsible way to handle it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Be responsible still, kids. If anything, if you're going to have fun, just be responsible. Uh, how are you doing, my friend? And how have the last couple of weeks been in terms of uh, life in Chi-Town?
0: It's been good. Uh, moved out of the Corporate rental into our apartment officially, so uh, we're still working on unpacking some boxes and you know getting things sorted out and situated. But uh, we're we are adjusting.
1: Okay, so this is the apartment now that is right next to Whole Foods. Am I correct? Yes. So how many trips have we made so far?
0: Well, the the store is not open yet. Um, oh, it's not open now this building literally is like brand new
1: wow like brand
0: new um so that's not open yet there is a a lifetime fitness um in our building as well
1: oh cool and
0: it it's like a lot nicer than i thought it was going to be so uh try to make it down there since i don't have any excuses not to go now
1: yeah um
0: yeah but it's like we're on the 29th floor wow and we've got like floor to ceiling windows and it's foggy this morning um so it looks kind of crazy just like staring out into the clouds right now.
1: But that's kind of cool though. Like with like you said, you wake up in the morning and while you'd rather see sunshine than clouds, I think it's still kind of a neat thing that you can pretty much be, you know, up that high and see everything and just the weather in Chicago is different as well all the time. Um yeah. but in the summertime that's gonna be really cool. Getting up every oh, it's morning. Gonna be great having the sunshine, you know? Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you guys are settling in. Um, Let's get started on an episode since it's been a couple of weeks. And again, this is the slow time of the year. So, I don't really feel bad that we're not <laughs> not doing it every single week because there's just not a ton to, t- to talk about right now with college football. And let's be honest, the NFL has really dominated headlines um, yeah. since the season has ended. So yes, if, if anything, that's the type of football we're talking about on a week to week basis. But uh, we do have spring football going on. A lot of programs have either just wrapped up spring ball or they're about to wrap it up with their spring games. Um, And I know that you are actually calling the Ohio state spring football game. When is that? And this will be the first time that you've done that, right?
0: Yes. That'll be my, uh, my first time ever on a game. Um, I guess a a TV game. I, I did some high school football on radio. Yeah. So, uh, totally different though. Um, and that is on the 16th of this month. So, okay. Uh, definitely excited for that assignment. Um, you know, it's gonna be good to first off be back in Columbus and yeah. to be back in the horseshoe and to uh, you know be around the guys and everything. I'm looking forward to that. It's gonna be fun to do my first game. Uh, my guy Jake Butt, and we'll get into the Michigan spring game oh, nice. in a little bit. But uh, Butt, he did Michigan spring game. Yeah, he's a guy from Pickerington, Ohio. Yes. He was an all-American tight end up there at Michigan. Um, and he did just a wonderful job. So I want to shout out uh, nice. Jake for that. But yeah, it's going to be cool. Uh, really looking forward to it.
1: So, real quick, on that note, when it comes to prep work for something like a spring game, and and you probably haven't gotten to the the uh, biggest part of it yet. But what, like, how does that come about? Is it do you prep the week before? Do you get because there's a ton going on when it comes to a roster at that point. Like, how yeah. how do you go about prepping for something like this?
0: That's a difficult part because I'd like to kind of. <laughs> start getting into it right now yeah. Um, because my focus has been so broad of the big 10 as of late yeah. that I'm not in the nitty gritty on Ohio state. And especially now that I'm not in Columbus anymore, it's not like yeah. I could just go down to the Woody and watch them practice. Um, but you're right. Like we don't know how they're going to do the rosters, mm-hmm. what players are going to be on which teams. There were just two players yesterday that got in the transfer portal and uh bryson shaw and legend Cavasso, so it's like you know i'm i'm i i like to prep as far in advance as you i can sure typically if i was calling a game i'd only have game week to do it anyway so it's not that big of a deal um but you know this is so storyline driven um rather than x's and o's like there are storylines in the season in terms of you know which teams are trending up and Um, You know, which teams have an opportunity to do whatever toward the end of the year. But right now it's like, okay, if you're doing a spring game, you got to know, like, um, you know, this kid is from wherever. And, you know, his dad does was a professional ball player, played in college somewhere else or whatever the case is. And I'm just trying to get all those little facts and tidbits down. Um, And so I'm going to call my guy, Jerry Ennig. Oh, Jerry. Jerry And say, hey, you need to you need to go ahead and, and give me all the little uh, <laughs> fun facts so I can sprinkle those into the broadcast.
1: And that's the best part in my eyes in terms of, you know, when you watch a broadcast like that, specifically, you know, more of a springtime. Game or something that's not during the season because it is more about learning about the players, learning about mm-hmm. who possibly are is taking over these top spots or starting spots or who's vying for a job. The storylines always are so much more exciting to hear about at that point because you're not really, you know, getting into the X's and O's yet. So yeah, I, I'm sure Jer will come up big for you.
0: No, he'll it, he'll definitely look out. <laughs>
1: Uh, so there is something that we're going to talk about in terms of the, your, your rival Michigan. And I know now that you have had, you're, you're kind of a little bit removed from Ohio state in terms of being there as a student athlete. So I feel like y- you're not as, you know, opposed to talking about Michigan and having that feeling underneath you, like, Oh, I have to talk about Michigan. Cause you know, you're grown up now right? You're a, you're a broadcaster. You got You got to be able to kind of like be uh, as uh, mediocre as you can when you talk, talk about some topics with Michigan. But I do know you have some really great insight on this next topic. And I wanted to bring up Michigan just had its pro day. And a lot of the times, as we see in pro days, this is where, you know, prospects get a chance to either show off again. Uh, because maybe they already did it at the combine or just prospects that maybe aren't the big names, just get a chance to show off what they have in front of NFL scouts. um, If you're at some of the bigger universities, possibly even head coaches or GMs. And so Michigan had its pro day. It was a a big deal. Obviously they put on a big show at the big house and there was a uh, former NFL player by the name of Colin Kaepernick, former quarterback who played under, um, jim harbaugh and now he was invited to be the honorary captain uh, in ann arbor and i just wanted to get your thoughts on kaepernick still kind of putting up that fight of hey i'm good enough still to at least have a chance to play in the nfl Uh, so what are your thoughts on that and also just jim giving him a chance
0: Yeah, I mean, so, um, you know, Jim Harbaugh and Colin Kaepernick have a relationship that goes back to Jim's time in San Francisco. And um, clearly, he feels strongly about Colin and their relationship. And, um, you know, it it turned into the fact that Jim Harbaugh invited Colin Kaepernick to be the honorary captain of the spring game and then allowed him to do um, an on-field throwing workout for 20 minutes during the halftime of Michigan's spring game. Yep. Big 10 network carried that on TV, which I thought was really good exposure and kudos to them for um, highlighting that and doing so. Um, But I I thought that was a a really important moment. I think for um, both of them is number one for Colin, obviously the exposure of being able to throw um, at a, a big time spring game um, with Jim Harbaugh, who's a coach who's been making headlines for multiple reasons, won a Big Ten championship, and then went to a college football playoff. And then, you know, he was flirting with the NFL, but he's a guy that people have been talking about. He's a guy that has some notoriety um, and is able to use his platform to boost somebody else's. Um, so, you know, huge for for Colin to be able to work out. Um, I also think that it it is indicative of, Michigan, the university and the program and where their, um, where their priorities lie. And this was done in conjunction with, I believe the group is Wolverines Against Racism. Yeah. Um, and so it was really good that that organization was highlighted and there are a lot of young ladies who are working within that organization Mm -hmm. and leadership and that they were able to, um, really pull this together and make it something that was important that people bought into Um, I thought Colin's message was so on point when he was interviewed on BTN too, Yeah. because I think a lot of people were expecting him to come out and, um, you know, just be really inflammatory and to, you know, just talk about racism and, and how, you know, people are bad and all this stuff. And he's just like, no, I, when I talked to the guys throughout the week, I told them that they got to make the most of their opportunity, always go out and compete. Um, I told them that they have a coach who's really good and they should listen to him and trust him. And then when he was talking about his opportunity, he's like, listen, I just want a chance. He's like, I want a crack in the door so I can kick it open. Exactly. He said, but it was good to be out here throwing. Like he just, he said all the right things. And then real quick to talk about Harbaugh, because I, I believe we, we talked about this for a sec,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: but he's also the same coach that just hired a um, black female graduate assistant to work with his quarterbacks. Um, I did Marlon not know Bowden that. Morris. Yes. And so, I think this is this is important as well when it comes to Jim Harbaugh to understand that he is a he's a more progressive college yeah. coach yeah. than than more coaches are willing to be. Yeah. A lot of coaches would not put themselves in that situation because they would call it a distraction or you know, they're playing politics with boosters and all kinds of different stuff. And we can say this because we know it's true for multiple reasons. Jim don't give a damn.
1: Mm-hmm. And so Mm -hmm.
0: I I think for people who are like, man, you know, it might have been a PR stunt or he's only doing that because of a personal relationship. Um, Either of those could be true. I would venture to say that this is more indicative of who Jim is as a person. Um, And it, it just fits into his football brand, too.
1: Well, I agree too, and here here's what I'll say about this whole situation, because I'm the first to just be truthful with my opinions on people, and sometimes maybe I'm a little more harsh than I should be, but at the same time, sometimes it's warranted, and I feel like Jim, years prior, just hasn't been able to show who he really is or what he really wants to do with that program. And over the last couple of years, he's really kind of shown what he's all about, like taking the pay cut, coming back to Michigan. And you can you can say that he, you know, wasn't going to get the job in the NFL, whatever. That's fine. But the, the fact is, is he he is going back to Michigan. He did start to get the program to believe in him. Um, and I, I believe that he's finally, like, kind of doing things that um, he should be doing to, to get the right type of attention. And yep. – you can call it a PR stunt. I don't think that was a PR stunt. I think that Not was just seeing somebody who you uh, coached at the highest level of professional football and saw, you know, what Kaepernick has been through. And, yeah, part of it is because he he decided to put himself out there. But I don't think Kaepernick, um, in the interviews that I saw after that um, pro day, He just seemed really humbled, first and foremost, uh, just with his message. And I just thought he seemed so excited just to be able to be out there, to be around the game of football, uh, just to have a chance to throw around the football. I I just – I got a really good vibe out of the entire thing, whereas a lot of times I can call BS and be like, oh, that's such a stunt. Like, I just feel like, if anything, why are people so – against Kaepernick, I guess, especially uh, at this point where he's just like doing everything yes. he can just to get a chance. He's not trying to cause any type of drama. He's not trying. No, and he's to not make looking it a for story. a
0: handout either. No, like,
1: I don't and, get it. I don't understand I it.
0: And people paint him as this like evil I know, militant, like bad guy. And I, know. And I to his core, he's a guy who has morals and virtues and believes strongly enough in them that he ended up losing an opportunity at a great career. But the guy loves football as well and just wants a shot. And it's like, you know, I'm going to just say this part about it, is um, people are like, well, you know, it's political and when you kneel – you know, there are a lot of people, um, who fought for our nation. It's disrespectful. And I would say, uh, number one, that a lot of people never listened to the messaging about yeah. why he was kneeling rather than just sitting because mm-hmm. the first time he, he sat down and I believe it was Nate Boyer that he spoke to, um, who served for our country was like, if you want to do it, there's a more respectful way of doing it. And so mm-hmm. he knelt,
1: No, no. Right,
0: right. so that's a part of the messaging that was lost. But number two, like you talk to a lot of these cats and and I always appreciate this point of view is the guy who is in the comments section somewhere who's like, I served our country. I don't agree with what he's doing, but I 100% respect his right and I fought for his right to do it. And it's like, I don't know how this became political all of a sudden, like, no, you don't have to like it. Um, But it's also, it's not a crime. No, we are allowed to do it under our First Amendment. And the fact of the matter is racism is not political like that. Democrat, Republican, that should have nothing to do with having respect for people. No, so this turned into a little bit of a politics podcast. But like the whole thing is wild. The man needs a shot. He looks good. He does the right things. He says the right things like his personality is not going to be for everybody. Well, guess what? Aaron Rodgers' personality ain't for everybody. Well,
1: that's a great point. Uh, look, I mean, there are a lot of polarizing figures in the NFL, period. Baker there,
0: Mayfield's personality exactly. ain't for everybody.
1: There are also a lot of uh, guys in the NFL, and correct me if I'm wrong, that have done a lot worse things
0: that yeah. that
1: aren't getting nearly as much crap as Colin Kaepernick had.
0: Well, it's because the owners see themselves in those guys and not in Colin Kaepernick. Whoop! Right? Did I say that out loud?
1: <laughs> well, I'm I'm wondering if like I mean if you're if you're if you're a NFL team right now and you're looking for just at least a backup and that's what Ka- Ka- Kaepernick said. He says I don't necessarily expect at this point to come in and start. He goes, but just he knows to- he's not going to start. Yeah, but and just to be shouldn't. a backup, he's,
0: he's an you aging know, quarterback. Exactly. Five years, right?
1: But I mean, bring him in to be a backup. I don't think it's that much of a st- distraction. It might be for the the first two weeks where people are going to talk about it. I think it's going to go. I, I think it would dissipate right away. I really do. It would very um, quickly. And and I really feel like a place like Seattle might be the yeah. place to go. You got a guy yeah. like Pete Carroll, who he's just an all around, very educated guy uh, in the way that he looks at things in life. You know, I think Seattle is a city that would be um, really receptive. Just yeah, receptive of of a quarterback that might bring a little bit of drama, uh, and I, not bad drama, but just a lot of attention for a little yes. bit. Um, but I really do think that that someplace like that would be a great fit. And why not just you know be be the person? Sometimes that gives someone a chance that's really working, really working hard to like just have an opportunity again. And he's not like he could still throw the ball. Like he yep. can still, I feel like be something in terms of um somewhat of an asset to a team. And if it doesn't end up being playing Joshua, I really do think he should get into some sort of a coaching role, like yeah, some sort of an assistant or something.
0: The, this should be a low risk transaction for somebody. Sign the dude to, uh, like, a $2 million contract yeah. for a year with no guarantees on it. Yeah. You can just cut exactly. bait whenever you want to cut bait. Yep. But, like, I don't know. It's hard for me to believe that every quarterback that will be starting this fall in the NFL is better than him.
1: Oh, yeah. But
0: what you're also not going to talk me into is that every quarterback and then every backup quarterback on the roster right now. like Right. No, no, this is not the case.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm i one of those people that I guess whenever I bring up Kaepernick, you know, and I, I did have, I, I thought it was great to see him, you know, invited to Michigan, but then I bring him up to, like, other people I work with, and and those people are very open-minded too, but the first thing that they think about, they're like, oh, yeah, and I'm like, why? Why are you guys so, like, like why every time... You know, like you bring up Kaepernick's name, people have to be like, oh, well, uh, you know, it's just weird and it's like, yeah. just get over it. Like get over it at this point, you know, it's, wild. it's just wild. So I hope he gets an opportunity somewhere just to at least say, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I had an opportunity. I did what, whatever it is that he does. And then maybe he goes and, and does coaching or, um, something else but I think until he scratches that itch he's just gonna keep pushing so and I respect that Uh, coming from a person who never gives up I, I, I totally respect that let's move into real quickly the draft is coming up I cannot believe we're just weeks away from the 2022 NFL draft in Las Vegas So that will be uh, interesting in itself. It's the first real one in terms of having everything regular since the pandemic because it was in Cleveland last year, Joshua, but it still wasn't completely normal this year. It will be. And the topics that I wanted to talk about have to do with the quarterback situation because this year they're always going to talk about quarterbacks in the draft, but it's not as hyped this year because I just don't think the pool's as deep, right? Right.
0: No, it's not nearly as deep. And They, they the, got some issues.
1: Well, and that's what I wanted to say. Is this just people really poo-pooing because this is what the analysts are saying? Or is this just really, when you look at the pool of quarterbacks, it, it's, it's not a pool where you're going to say, okay, this is going to be a starter in two years, or this is a guy ready to go starting right away. I mean, can you look at any of these players and say, this is a starter now?
0: Yeah, I, I feel like there are guys who are, like, they'll be starters. I just, like, I don't think there are those guys that you're like, okay, this guy is Game going changers. to be a, a pro bowler. Sure. Or this guy is, is the guy who you feel like can take you to a Super Bowl. Like, yeah. There, there are going to be some guys that are serviceable that you feel like you can roll with. Um, I, don't, I don't think that they're the guys that you're like, okay, this is somebody who for 10 years we want to build our franchise around. So- Excuse me. And that's part of the issue.
1: So the one thing that um, I wanted to bring up to you is because here covering the Tennessee Titans, there's just so much going around. I, there's so much stuff that's just hilarious to even talk about because it, I guess we're just bored here. So the topics of conversation on local radio and just what we're bringing up topic-wise in TV, it, it's just all over the board right now. But there, there is um, a notion that the Titans – could possibly take a quarterback. Now they have the 26 overall pick. What they decide to do with that or what they decide to trade down, we don't know because John Robinson always throws us for a surprise. But yeah, they have, does. right? They have been to every uh, major quarterback's pro day, which I thought was really interesting, um, including Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati. This is a guy that you followed really closely this past year because of Luke Fickle and your connections with Luke. What about Desmond? Do you like and and do you think this is a guy that that you would take and where would you take him?
0: So it's funny. Um, a lot of people say that his pro comp uh-huh. is Colin Kaepernick.
1: Really?
0: Yeah, his comparison is Colin Kaepernick. Just like um, from the the build to, and I think yeah. that Ritter's got a better throwing motion than Cap does, but just yeah. kind of the delivery. Um, and, and basically what it gets down to is like he's an athletic quarterback who is a good, but not elite thrower of the okay. ball. Um, but you know, like Cap took a team to the Super Bowl. So you to true. say that Desmond Ritter could not be a starter that could get you to the playoffs and win you some games. Um, I think personally, he's an upgrade over Tannehill right now because really his his youth yeah and yeah the fact that I think that his ceiling is higher athletically okay um but it's not this is not to say that I think that he's more polished than Tannehill right now or he's going to be much better than Tannehill I I do think that it would be an upgrade at this point though um and the the thing that you hear about Ritter though um that I think is important in this conversation with quarterbacks is his character and his work ethic and his leadership and all those other things. But um, I think I talked to you about this. His one thing is some of the decision-making.
1: Okay. It's
0: it's a question of, is this a guy who um, understands football and just really likes to take chances with the ball because he's confident in his skill set and that he can make a play and you can, you can kind of coach that out of him. Yeah. Or is this a guy who just like is, just you know, he gonna take chances with the ball. And you like like Jameis, like and James, you just gotta yeah. live with the fact that he's probably gonna turn it over. Um, so there's your Desmond Ritter right there.
1: Okay, so where did where do you think he end? Like where does he fall in the draft? Like, and I I don't I don't mean to say fall like in ter- but I'm just saying with quarterbacks, uh, there's just draft boards, mock draft boards everywhere, and it, there's no real rhyme or reason as to where these guys are gonna go. Is is like he a second rounder? Like where where is he going?
0: Yeah, um, that would be it. I'm trying to think of, like, I'm not sure if there's a team who needs a quarterback that would either trade back to the end of the first round, um, knowing that they could get him or a team that would trade up in the second round. But um, I'm thinking that would be the highest that he would be taken is like, you know, very late in the first round. But he's feeling like he's really feeling like a mid-second rounder.
1: Okay, so here here's my thing if I were John Robinson. And, again, I don't know their plan. John, I, Every year I predict who they're going to take with the first-round pick. Joshua, no joke, it goes the complete opposite way. Like, it yeah. has never once been one guy that I thought it would be. Um, or just position sometimes. So, But here's the thing. I just have a really good feeling that they're going to trade down. Because, honestly – at twenty-six, that's pretty far down as it is. They have no second-round pick this year. So, what if you traded down? You got maybe, um, a, a, a maybe even two second-round picks, or a second round and a high third for your twenty-sixth pick. Um, you take a guy like Desmond, possibly, and then you get one of these deep wide receiver. I mean, there's the wide receiver group is just deep. I so
0: mean, this you know, is This is where I'm at. Um, That philosophy, 100%, especially when you start talking about the potential to go for a wide receiver.
1: Yeah.
0: They're going to have some guys that are going to be out there late. Late, Um, right? And so here is my philosophy when you're picking like 26 is unless there's a guy who was a surefire top five, top 10 pick. And for whatever reason, he just fell.
1: Jeffrey just Simmons fucking
0: fell years ago. And excuse my French, but just <laughs> fell. Um, you, you, you move out of that spot because what tends to happen after that, and this is my philosophy on first round picks, yeah. is out of out of all the guys in the draft, there's probably between 10 to 12 to 15 guys maximum every year that are worthy of a first round pick. Exactly. So you're picking at 26. Yep. And you're really picking a guy that's probably like a second rounder. Exactly. At heart. But there's just not that many first round picks. And so you're overpaying him. Oh, yeah. Where you could you could trade out. You can get somebody with a true second round value. You can get another pick for it. Some thirsty team that wants to pick in the first round yep. again gets to pick or they don't have a first round pick. They get to pick in the first round. And everybody's happy. That's what I would do. See, that's I like what philosophy.
1: I know. I mean, here again, add to our title, uh, GM. Uh, hello. Seriously. We've done this long enough. You could just do, we could do anything. Um, okay. One more question before we wrap things up. I did want to ask you about Malik Willis because his stock has okay. completely rose yes. after, um, the draft or sorry the draft, um, the uh, combine real quick. And, real and quick. Pro day. Yeah. Be-
0: before, before we get off of Desmond Ritter, I yes. went on this, uh, this draft uh, profile thing real quick to just kind of compare my notes to what some of the experts say, because, you know, I, I feel like I like doing that. Uh, oh yeah. Now one of, one of the things that is hilarious, it says uh, decision-making while he isn't a turnover machine he will put the ball in harm's way too frequently. I definitely said that, but um <laughs> For this person's comparison, you know what quarterback they put?
1: No. Oh Ryan God. Tannehill. Oh, my God. Of course well, they did. Go. Of but, course but that's they why, did.
0: But that's why it makes so much sense, though.
1: That is so – no, you're right. And I have heard that com- – you know, now that I'm thinking about Joshua, I actually have heard that comparison before.
0: But, you know, because Tannehill and, – and I feel like Kaepernick was the same way. Like, these are also guys who were in an offense – where you knew they were going to run the football. Yeah. So it was able to help alleviate some of the pressure on their arm. Yeah. Because none of these guys in this draft to me are the guys that you want to say, all right, we're just going to throw the ball all over the yard. No, maybe Malik Willis, but he's also, he's got some legs that'll scare you too. So,
1: well, yeah, Malik Willis, by the way, born a day after me, not the year folks, not the year, (laughs) not the, I wish I was 22 years old. Multiply that by a lot. Um, He was born May 25th. So I always like to be a fellow, fellow May kid. Um, But yeah, Malik Willis really climbing the draft boards. I I know he, uh, the Titans went down to his, um, I think they did have their pro day, right? Did he? I can't remember. Yeah, I think he had a,
0: um, I think he's met with them.
1: I yeah, don't know
0: if he's, if he's done a team visit or if that was just at Pro Day.
1: Yeah, because they've, they've clearly, like, he's got teams all over the board now that are interested yeah. in him. And I know, you know, when you play at Liberty, you're not going to get a ton of hype during the season. But just like we've seen with a lot of prospects, the the one time they display something, whether that be at the Combine or at their Pro Day, and and they display something good, it's like, oh, gosh, like watch yeah. the stock rise. So really quickly, Joshua, Malik Willis, do you take him as a top ten pick? I mean, I've here I've heard that he could be going in the top ten now. All of a sudden.
0: So here's where I'm at with Malik Willis, and I need to watch a little bit more tape on him because when I when I watched his throwing workout, yeah, um, the one thing that I didn't like was that his throwing motion was um, it's very off balance there's a lot of movement in his upper body um yeah and you want more rotation than like this tipping movement he's doing a lot of tipping um and that's not an uncommon thing and it's a thing that you can coach out of a quarterback but it leads to a really inconsistent throwing motion yeah um and it also leads to turnovers. so um dude is great i like his intangibles. I like the fact that he is a very good athlete. Um, you also watch the tape and I'm, I'm being critical of his throwing motion because, um, now he's in this conversation where teams in the top 10 are looking at selecting him. The dude is a very good quarterback. The dude is a very good quarterback. Like this is JP trying to nitpick. Um, but, but I also think that a lot of this attention, is because when you are coming from a place like Liberty, yeah. like there just aren't that many boots on the ground. yeah, And so people want to make sure they do their due diligence uh, to their fullest. Yeah. At the same time, if I'm spending a top 10 pick on somebody, I'm going to do my due diligence. And, and Schefter put out um, an Instagram saying that he had visits scheduled with the Falcons who are picking at number eight and the Panthers yeah. who are picking at number six. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, I would love to see it happen for him. Um, I think in in we had had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, but, um, you know, the Kenny Picketts, and Matt Corrales, people knew about them. They played sure. on, you know, Power 5 big stages, yep. right? But, like, the guy who I always had my eye on in this draft for quarterback was Malik Willis. Yep. I always felt like he was going to be the one that could separate himself because he is an adept passer, but he's also got – the athletic ability that a lot of people would desire.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I know last year we picked like a player counting down to the draft. Maybe we'll do that in the next couple of weeks where we'll just grab a guy that we like, uh, that we think, you know, is going to go in the first round and, and kind of share what we like about him. So maybe we'll do that next week as we get closer to the draft. Uh, we appreciate you guys for first of all uh, bearing with us since we had a two-week break, but hopefully we brought you enough today, got you back in the in the the college football mood because of course the draft is coming up, so that's exciting, and then the the football season is seriously right around the corner, folks. I mean, are we kidding ourselves? Time flies now. So, Joshua, where can they go to follow you on social media?
0: You can follow me at r i p underscore j e p on Twitter and Instagram,
1: and you can also watch him. On the Rally, on your Valley Regional networks, every weekday from, I believe, Eastern Time and Central is always so different. But Central Time, I believe it's 4 to 5.30?
0: We just had a time change yesterday, oh. as a matter of fact. So uh, it is from Central Time, 3.30 to
1: 5. There you go. 3.30 to 5. So that's the new time that you can watch Joshua carry on the rally on your ballet regional network they cover everything folks so honestly like if you want your dose of sports for the day that's the place to go get it you can follow me at Kayla Anderson TV on both Instagram and Twitter appreciate you guys always leave us a rate and review and if you don't subscribe subscribe and let your friends know about the podcast you guys take care have a great week we'll be back here next week